Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. My name is Matt and, uh, and I'm really looking forward to sharing a word tonight. Um, if you've got your Bibles with you, which I'm sure you do on your app or you actually have a physical Bible, very rare these days. Let's have opened up to Revelation chapter 3. That's what we're going to be reading from tonight. We've been in this uh, seven series, we've called it, which is the seven churches in Revelation. And it's Jesus' words to these churches. All of these churches have been planted and they've been there for a while now. And they're all facing different circumstances, different challenges. And the great thing about this series is that these churches are actually historical they're actually real. They're actually real places and real people. Sounds like Judge Judy, doesn't it? But they're real places and real people. And these are challenges that the church faced centuries ago, that the church is facing in 2020. And these are challenges that I'm facing as a believer and that you're facing as a believer. And that's why this series isn't just a dive into Revelation and isn't just a historical series. It's actually something that's going to speak to us. And I know that God has a great word for us tonight. We've been talking about what faith looks like. We're looking at the churches in light of faith. So we've talked about a loving faith, a tested faith. We've talked about a pure faith. And Dan did a great job this morning talking about an honest faith. So... Good job, man. I know how heavy that was for you, and you did a fantastic job, so well done. So tonight, we're going to be talking about a viable faith, and we'll dive into what that means in a minute. But what I'd like to do, because this is a privilege to share on stage, I'd just like to take a second, and I'm going to pray. You with me? God, we just thank you for tonight. Lord, I just pray that the words of my mouth are your words. I pray that what the Spirit has to say to the churches is the, are the words that I speak tonight, Lord, and I pray that that the congregation, that us, our family, the church, Lord, that we have the ears to hear what you would have to say. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Now, I love, uh, I love teaching. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a step back and really just want to lay a really good foundation. We've been talking about the seven churches and we've been talking about in light of faith and what faith looks like when you have to overcome what faith looks like when you're faced with spiritual opposition. But the first thing I'd like to do is I've used the word faith 10 times already. Let's actually talk about what faith is because if we don't have a solid understanding of what faith actually is in the Bible and a biblical understanding of what that means to the believer, then what I'm going to lay down isn't going to be picked up. You with me? Excellent. So let's look at Hebrews 11, chapter 1. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It's the assurance of it's the confidence, it's the assurance of things that we are hoping for. That's what faith is. It is the conviction, not a meandering, I hope, I feel good now, I don't feel so good. It's a conviction of things that are not seen. It's a conviction of things that you cannot see, that you cannot control. That is what faith is. That is what we are looking at when we're talking about the seven churches of Revelation and what faith means during those times. If we can go to the map here. So I'm just going to step to the side. So Patmos on the left, this is where John was. So John was actually in jail. He'd been jailed by Emperor Domitian. And the church was being persecuted at this time. The church was under persecution. Domitian didn't like the church. And their, one of their last remaining patriarchs or leaders was actually in jail. 
And these churches had been established by the disciples and the church we're going to talk about today, Sardis, was actually established by John himself. So these are historical places. The letter goes from Patmos to Ephesus and it goes to Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, to Sardis and then to Philadelphia and Laodicea. And this was a Roman road. This was actually a Roman mail route. So the Roman postman on his donkey picks up the letter from Ephesus and goes up to Smyrna and carries around from there. Now, if we're going to be talking about faith, I had a really good explanation that I'd like to share with you because it really it really spoke to me. And this is about your lenses. There's different ways that you can see faith. And as I said at the start, if we don't have the correct lenses on to understand faith, then the weight of what the churches are saying isn't going to land. You can look at faith, you can look at God through a moral lens. So you can look at God as things that are right and things that are wrong, and your relationship with him is defined that way. We're Westerners, and our understanding of how to achieve success is you tell me what to do, I will do it, and then I'll get the result. That's how we're programmed. So God, you tell me what to do, I will do what you've told me to do, and then I will have a relationship with you, and then my faith in you will be strong. Sounds pretty straightforward. What happens is, through that moral lens, you get two extremes. One of them is that you will end up being judgmental, and you will end up being arrogant, and you will end up saying, well, I do all the right things, so therefore God gives me favor, and therefore I have a strong faith in God. And we know people like that. And the Bible's full of people like that. The other lens, sorry, the other side of that, the, the other part, the worst part is condemnation and shame. Is that I can't do, God, what you've asked me to do, which, by the way, God already knows. I can't do that. I feel condemned. I feel ashamed. I therefore have no faith because I don't feel that I can approach you. And again, the Bible's full of that. Now, that moral lens, those two extremes, they're the people outside of the church. They're the people who say, well, I did good things, I'm going to heaven, or I can't possibly go into church because the building will fall down because you don't know what I've done and God doesn't know what I've done. But you can't have faith that way in God if you're looking at it through the moral lens. That's not Christianity, by the way. That is not Christianity. Christianity is God wanting to have a relationship with us. God wants to have a relationship with us. He loved us so much. He loved me so much. He loved you so much that he sent his son that he could die on the cross, rise in three days' time so that I can have relationship with him. And then because God the Father first loved me, I love him. And because I love him, I therefore want to follow his commands. Therefore, my faith in God, my hope and my assurance in God in the light of looking at these seven churches of Revelation, firstly, has to be based in relationship with God. And what we're looking at tonight with Sardis is a church who had perhaps moved from having a relationship with God, but knowing and understanding that faith was in that relationship with God and had moved across to a faith that perhaps was more works-based, was perhaps more about following rules. We're talking tonight about a viable faith. So viable means sustainable. It means that it can thrive. It means that it can grow. A viable faith is a faith that I can build upon. 
It's a faith that no matter what's going on, I still have my faith because my faith isn't based on the fact that I failed today. My faith isn't based on the fact that I didn't fulfill the rules. My faith is based on the fact that I have relationship with God. So looking at faith in the seven churches, that's the foundation that we're setting. Good. Now, let's, uh, let's turn our Bibles to Revelation chapter 3 and let's read. To the angel of the church in Sardis write, these are the words of the one who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. So we'll just say that's Jesus for the sake of time. I've only got half an hour. I know your deeds. I know your deeds. How does Jesus know their deeds? Because he had relationship with them. He knows their deeds. Trust me, Jesus knows my deeds and he knows your deeds. That's an eternal truth. He knows our deeds. You have a reputation for being alive and yet you are dead. You have a reputation. People look at you and think you're alive, but actually I'm telling you that you're dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains, which was about to die, because I have found your deeds incomplete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you have received and heard. Keep it and repent. Because if you do not wake up, if you do not remember, I will come like a thief and you will not know the hour which I will come upon you. But you do have a few people in Sardis who have not sold their garments and because they are worthy, they will walk with me in white. Next slide. Like them, he who overcomes will be dressed in white and I will never blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. That's the word of Jesus to the church at Sardis. It's pretty heavy and there's a lot in there and it's not very complimentary. It's really not very complimentary at all. It causes great concern. Well, it should cause great concern. Let's talk about Sardis the church. If we can go to the next slide, please. Now, as I said, John was on Patmos. This, this is actually Sardis current day. So Sardis the city was on top of that mountain. And it was actually, there was a city on top of the mountain, a citadel. And then as the city expanded, it actually then moved down into the valley. So you ended up with two cities. You had a city on top and a city down the bottom, and they were both fortified. So Sardis was seen as being impenetrable because to get to it, you had to go through the bottom city. And then you had to then scale the walls, which were between 1,000 and 1,500 foot high, to then get into that city. The river Pactolus flowed just through Sardis and the river Pactolus actually literally flowed with gold. There's a cool story about King Midas that he was actually a little bit further up the river and that's a whole other thing but that's why they believed it, it flowed with gold. So Sardis then worked out how to be able to extract the pure gold from the water because the water had refined it and cleaned it and therefore they could then make coin that was 100% pure gold. And so therefore, as they were developing currency in those days, their currency was seen as being the benchmark. And so therefore, other nations, other towns, other cities came to Sardis to then have them to mint their coins. Sardis then charged a tax on that. And so Sardis was extremely wealthy because of its natural resources. And because it was a city on a hill, 
it was hard to attack and therefore could defend itself. It had a natural water source, so it was very blessed. Basically, Sardis was very blessed. There was nothing against it. It was seen as being impenetrable. However, it got breached at least twice, at least twice. And that was due to military incompetency, laziness, complacency. So let's lay that on top of the church. Should I say victory? Can I say victory out loud? The church that looks like it's impenetrable, the church that looks like you can't get to it, the church that looks like it's flowing with natural resources and the church from the outside has a great reputation. And yet, and yet, it was defeated and yet it was robbed. And that's where we're going to be heading today, talking about a viable faith, saying it's okay to look good, but what are you actually doing with that? Sardis to me is the worst case scenario out of all the seven churches. Sardis to me is the worst case because there's no record. If we talk, talk through the churches that we've, we've spoken through, there's no record there of um, doctrinal issues. No one's arguing about doctrine there. There's no idol there. There's no Jezebel there. There's... No real recorded sexual immorality. There's just not much happening there, except they just look really good and they're doing a great job and everyone thinks they're awesome. Can you see the problem there? Pastor Tony talks a lot about the enemy either wants to get you out of place, either wants to push you forward so you can't take it or pull you back. But this is actually worse. This is vanilla Christianity at its absolute worst looking like it's doing a great job, looking like the lights and the sound are awesome, everyone's smiling, everyone raises their hands at the same time, everyone prays in tongues at the right place, in front of the right people, everyone hangs out with the right people, everyone looks great on social media, everyone does what they're supposed to do. It's a very thin veneer and Jesus says to Sardis, you're dying. You have a great reputation At this point in time, Sardis was 700. The city itself was 700 years old. So it's older than Australia. So it's been very, very well established. The city itself had a reputation of being opulent, obviously because of its wealth. And it was something that people would talk about. They would talk about how great it was. And you should go see Sardis. However, it was in decay. And Emperor Croesus, the the emperor at the time, he oversaw the peak and the decline of Sardis. It had a great reputation. And it had all the right things going for it. But Jesus came to the church and said, you look like you're doing a great job, but you are dead. And that, to me, is heavy. Because I look like I'm doing the right thing. I always look like I'm doing the right thing. I try and fool my wife that I'm doing the right thing most of the times. She can see straight through me, but you can see the problem here. The problem with the church in Sardis is that their faith isn't actually a viable faith because they're so vanilla and they're so comfortable and they're so blessed. The enemy isn't even attacking them because he doesn't care about them. The enemy is not attacking Sardis because Sardis is doing nothing except saying, look how good we look. Does anyone know any places like that? Compared to the other churches, I could deal with having to deal with a Jezebel or deal with persecution or, you know, you can do something about that. What do you do 
when your faith isn't viable? What do you do? There's nothing to do. It's a, it's a black hole. It's a, it's a pit. Your faith isn't viable. It looks like it's viable, but it's not. The good news, church, is that Jesus actually tells them what to do. Isn't that good? Good. So Jesus actually tells us what to do. See that? Just laid it down flat and then said, hey, but hey, there's hope. There's hope. So what we're going to do is taking from Revelation 3, just going to take, again, it's, there's so much in it. We're just going to take a couple of points from there and really just see what Jesus says and what, what we're going to do about that to make sure that our faith is viable to make sure we're actually having an impact, to make sure that we're not vanilla, to make sure we're not, un, you know, if you're not under attack, what are you doing? You're not actually a threat. If the church is not under attack, if we're not facing opposition, if we're not taking land, if people aren't in our face, then church, what are we doing? What are we doing? We're a vanilla church. We're beautiful building, beautiful places, but we're not actually taking ground. First point is this, church, wake up. Wake up. In Romans 13, 11. I know I've skipped forward there. Wake up and strengthen what remains. Yep, beautiful. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. So this is Paul talking to the Roman church. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believe. Okay, so let's say again, let's take a step back. Why are we here? Why was the church at Sardis there? Why is Victory Church here? Why am I here? I'm here because I have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And I'm here to glorify his name. And to tell other people and make disciples. It's pretty simple. That we all agree that's why we're here. Paul, talking to the Romans, is saying your salvation is nearer now than when you first believed. Which sounds like a self-evident statement. I'm now closer to the end of my message than I was when I started. But Christ coming is now closer than it was when you first believed. How much time do you think we're going to get, church? How much time? Do you know? Does anyone know? No one knows, except the Father knows. I read a quote that said that procrastination is the arrogance of thinking that God's going to give you a second chance to do something. And he may not. <laughs> he may not give you a second chance. He may not give you a second chance. So we need to wake up, church. We need to wake up to what it is that God is calling us to do. And what is God calling us to do? What was God calling the church in Sardis to do? He was calling them to make disciples. He was calling them to put him first. He was calling them to share the good news. He was calling them to take ground. He was calling them just to do something, have a shot at something and create some opposition, for goodness sake. The other churches around you have got all sorts of problems. You're just sitting there looking pretty. You're not actually doing anything. So wake up. We need to wake up. We take for granted our Christianity. We take for granted how good we have it here. We take for granted how easy everything is for us. I'm telling you that we do. It is good because it's true. We take for granted, church. Be watchful 
and strengthen the things which remain. I know that you guys want to wake up because you sang it in one of the songs. You all stood there and you all said, everything I am for your kingdom's cause. You all said it. I turned around and saw you all say it. You all said to God, everything that I am is for your kingdom's cause. You all said it. I didn't make you say it. Everything, everything that I am is for your kingdom's cause. Everything, my money, my time, my relationships, my passions, my gifts, everything is for your kingdom's cause. So wake up because it may not be tomorrow. There may not be another opportunity to share that word that time with that person when you know the Spirit's prompting you to do that. There may not be another time to bless someone. There may not be another time. Wake up. Lest you be seen as being dead and dying. The second point is to strengthen. Strengthen what remains. Verse 2, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain, but they're ready to die because I have not found your works perfect before God. Be watchful, wake up, strengthen. There's an encouragement in there because he says, strengthen what remains. Strengthen what remains. The deposit of God in your life, once God has a hold of your life and you are his, he'll never let you go. Never, ever, ever let you go. There's nothing that you can do that will separate you from the love of Christ. Nothing. So there's nothing that you can do. What remains needs to be strengthened. Your love for God, your first love needs to be strengthened. What happens is if we don't strengthen, if we don't build our relationship with God, and how do we build our relationship with God? I think it's all pretty simple and you could all tell me. You'd say, oh, well, Matt, you worship more and you pray more and you spend more time reading his word because we're all, we've all heard it. But if you don't hear it straight after you've heard the words, hey, 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 wake up. Read God's word. Pray and spend time with him. Worship him. And why? Because you have relationship with him. Remember, that's what faith's about. I'm not telling you to do these things so you can be saved. I'm telling you to do these things because you have a relationship with God. And out of that relationship with God, you will worship, you will pray, and you will read his word and you will get his word inside you and you will strengthen yourself. And by strengthening yourself, you'll wake up. And by waking up, you'll strengthen yourself and it becomes a cycle. Wake up and strengthen. Wake up and strengthen. And what happens is if we don't, we end up with this thin veneer of understanding. We can quote scriptures, but underneath that, there's nothing. It's, it's, it's very flaky. And you know those people. You start talking to them, they'll tell you a scripture, and then you just want to, okay, so who said that? Why did they say that? What was the context? What's God saying in that? Nothing. They can tell you all the slogans because they're written on their T-shirts and their hoodies, but they can't actually tell you what it meant and where we're going. And church, we need to dig deeper we need to dig deeper because if we don't dig deeper, if we don't put our foundations and our roots deeper, nothing will remain. We will die. The church will die without depth, without strength. And why is that so important? Because the world outside those gates is dying. The world outside those gates doesn't know Jesus. Do you know my job, um, what, what I do, what, what we've started to do as a church, we've engaged with the community. So we've engaged with Salisbury Council. 
and uh, and we're going to be doing a homeless food program, and then we're going to be looking at affordable housing, and then we're actually getting physically out into the community. We're still doing Christmas box. We're also doing um, toiletry bags for Northern Domestic Violence Services and other people. We're doing the bloke next week. We're doing mental health training. Do you know why we're doing those things? Not because it's my job. Do you know why I'm doing those things? Because I want to strengthen what remains. Because we need to wake up and realize that it's not about us, that it's about the community. Because we love God and we love people. That's why we do those things. So when I come to you and I'm telling you about the safety procedures, and some of you have had the privilege of sitting under that, please make sure you come to the All In this Tuesday night. It's going to be great. Going through all those... Some people think I'm a little bit direct and a bit, well, that's a bit. And I'm like, no, no. Do you know why I'm doing that? Because I'm protecting you. Because I'm protecting God's people and I'm protecting God's resources. Do you know why? Because I'm strengthening the kingdom. Do you know why? Because we need to wake up. Because we need to get into the community. And I can't do that if you don't know what to do when there's a fire. Fair? Everything I do, now that I've got the privilege of being on the platform, I can tell you all, everything I do, everything I say, every frustration, every eye roll that I may give you is because I just want to strengthen the kingdom of God and I just want to glorify his name and I just want to share Jesus with people. That's what we're here for, church. Wake up. Strengthen. The last thing is remember. Remember. Remember then what you have received and heard. He's talking to the church of Sardis. What you have received and heard. Now, this is a a, a church from Acts. So what have they received? They've received the Holy Spirit. Remember that you received the Holy Spirit and remember that we told you that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He's the Messiah. Remember that you can have a relationship with God through Him, that you heard that and then you received the Holy Spirit. So if you're going to wake up and you're going to strengthen, remember. Remember who you are. One of my favorite movies and favorite scenes of all time there's a Disney movie called The Lion King, and I knew someone was going to say it. But it actually, I still watch it to this day when Simba's there and he's in the middle of the tundra and he's looking at his reflection and he says to his dad that, you said you'd always be there. And his dad says to him, remember who you are. You are more than you have become. And I'm telling you, Victory Church, Jesus is saying, Remember who you are. You are my chosen people. I knew you in your mother's womb. I knew you when I spoke the world into being. I'm the God of the Alpha and the Omega. I am the King of Kings. I'm the Lord of Lords and I know you and I love you and I want to have relationship with you. So remember who you are because you are more than you've become. You need to wake up. You need to strengthen. You need to remember who you are. Lamentations, I'm going to finish with Lamentations. One of my good friends um, wrote a, uh, a worship song using this very passage. And again, it's one of those songs that's always stuck with me. Lamentations 3, remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the, the gall. So this is, this is the, the writer saying, I remember the bad stuff. I remember the bad stuff. My soul continually remembers and it's bowed down within me. I remember how bad it used to be and I just feel like this. I just, I just can't. Matt, you're saying this stuff, but I just can't. I just can't. You don't know. This, but then 
I call to mind and therefore I have hope. I call this to mind and I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, church, never ceases. And His mercies will never come to an end because they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, and therefore I will hope in Him. Therefore my faith is built in Him. Faith, hope, expectancy, assurance, confidence. Why? Because of a relationship that I have with a loving Father. Not because of a set of rules, but because I have a relationship with God. And therefore, wake up church, strengthen, remember, This is what Jesus is saying to the church at Sardis. And this is what Jesus is saying right now. Church, wake up. God loves you. He has a plan for you. You are more than you've become. You are more than you've become. We're all more than we've become. But through Jesus, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What's possibly going to stand against me if Christ is on my side? So let's wake up. Let's strengthen. Let's remember. And let's remember to do the basics as you stand up, please. Let's remember to do the basics. The basics are praying, reading God's Word and worshipping God, worshipping our Father, remembering who He is. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au.